No, I have no faith in you to do that. I am well, no single Terry wouldn't. Single Terry. Oh. Yeah, here we go. No, no. But I'm... Domestica Terry probably would. <laughs> Domest... Domestica, Domestica Terry. Terry to Domestica. <laughs> I can't even say it. Does it have the same ring as Mike Singletary? Who who wasn't a real? That's what you've been doing today since I texted you when I was (laughs) at my house by myself. All right. Well, you two can talk amongst yourselves. Uh, I'll be able to hear you, but I'm gonna go. uh, I'm gonna take off this very dope Belligerent Thieves crop sweatshirt because it is hot in my apartment, and I've been away for the last five days, so getting the exact temperature right in my apartment is a challenge. So, gonna put on something a little more comfortable if you if you know what i mean are you coming back with clothes (laughs) yes of course i'm coming back with clothes i'm coming back with one of the several items in my drip system aka closet (laughs) that have been delivered to my drip system from uh, belligerentthieves.com slash merch and i will decide on what i'll we'll see how i'm feeling and see benny just gets up and leaves without announcing anything <laughs> and so I'll, you're gonna get up i'm gonna just sit here I, by myself i know like had had i had i left ben would have just left jp high on dry <laughs> like recording this thing ginger and solo like it's the bill burr podcast or something which is a great podcast by the way but it's not what we prepared for <laughs> benny so i'm gonna go put on a different belligerent beef shirt that's uh more uh, appropriate for this summer weather that I'm having. But a crop and top's not. I don't get it. It kind of it's 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 too cut the sleeves too, off. Like to pull a Ben we hate and cut the sleeves off. Cut the yeah, sleeves off and it's then not get a December. hat and cut the brim off. <laughs> <laughs> I know, but it's a it's a crop sweatshirt, which is a very specific kind of temperature. It's seventy degrees in my apartment right now. It just feels too hot. What is it? It's like it's like when your belly button and lower are like eighty-five degrees, but your it's like nipples and up are forty-eight. Up. It's a perfect piece of clothing stand to do up. yoga in. Stand up. Let's see. Oh, sit down. Why are your oh oh nice? Look like your shorts are pulled up past your belly button for a second. <laughs> They're not. They're not. I'm gonna go put a shirt on, and then when I get back, you guys are gonna be nicer to me. Oh, I love you. Oh. Nice. Hey, I Even thought you new. had new headphones you were working towards. Ah, I do have new headphones, and I told you I was going to get them <laughs> set up for this podcast, and I totally forgot. It's okay. Ah. We have like 500 more podcasts that we're going to record, so at some point That's you'll true. get to use them. <laughs> I uh, Yeah, right. I spent my entire, well, entire Saturday, Friday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, um, filling that a flower bed that raised stone flower bed that I made <laughs> with dirt. And I thought it was going to be like, I don't know, like five or six truckloads. I'm at like at least 13, oh 13 or 14 God. truckloads. And it's like half full. How many it's, like cubic so, feet did you need? Did you calculate it or did well, you- no, because I'm just going and getting a cubic yard at a time. I didn't okay. have it dropped off, so I didn't need to really measure, but yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> it's going to take way longer. Dirt and cement. Both of those things, even water, take a lot more than you anticipate. Like, I'll fill Way up, like, more. a kiddie pool, and I'm like, this water has been running full bore for, like, 45 minutes, and this kiddie yeah. pool is still ankle deep. 
Yeah, I knew I was underestimating, but I didn't know I was underestimating by as much as what I actually was. Uh, I, I underestimate know. that when I whenever I take a bath, which is less water, but it's how how You're I like, relate. What is to happening? This, Why does it take so long? Dad conversation. I got it. I, I have a question yeah. to relate. Terry, how many grains of sand were on the beach in Mexico? Could you estimate? How many grains over or underestimate? Yeah. Um, <laughs> I would say anywhere between four and four trillion. I think that's still low. Four trillion grains. Yeah. I bet it's more no, than four. Fuck the the, the 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 four thing was that was to be to be a goof. Because we're just a few pals having a goof on this podcast. The 49th episode of the Belligerent Beast podcast. <laughs> Hello, listeners. What up, Beaver fam? Thanks for listening. This is truly the content you came here for. I'm going to say, oh, man. So just like the beach that I was at or like all of the beaches, like the whole like No, beach the line, beach you were at. The beach I was at. Uh, I'd say I'd say five trillion grains of sand. For one resort beach is probably wow. close to accurate. Damn. Well, yeah, maybe. So but th this is this is what uh, quickanddirtytips.com has for how many sand grains are in the entire Reliable world. Reliable source. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> how how many sand grains are in the entire world? They say five thousand billion billion, aka five sextillion. Nice. Wow. <laughs> That's, That's my so favorite many. kind of Tillion. <laughs> <laughs> nice. How many? How so? Uh, how many trillions in a sextillion? I don't know. Seven. There's five thousand billion billions. That would be five. No, there's five, five thousand billion billions. Ah. Uh, okay. Yeah. In one sextillion. No, in so five. How many billions in a trillion? Do we know any trillionaires who can help us out with this? Not yet. How many okay. billions in a trillion? A thousand. Yeah. There's a thousand billions in one trillion. Yeah. Yeah. A thousand, a thousand, Benny owns a, a trillion Dogecoins. Yeah. And it's still worth less than a penny. <laughs> <laughs> maybe, maybe one day. It might, that's still probably worth more than Magic Johnson's NBA top shot that he's coming. Actually, probably not. I think a lot of people will pay for that. But <laughs> Ooh, I forgot. I have some top shots. I should look at what Do those you are. Do you really? Yeah. Ooh. Anyone want to buy my it. top shots? Are they GP2 top shots? No, no. I know. Then are they Drew Eubanks top shots at least? Ooh. Actually, no. Let me look. The, I have... the Shack of Troutdale. I didn't buy them. I got polls, you know, or whatever. So I didn't really pick. Any of them Dylan Brooks? <laughs> no, because I would just I would burn it. I would burn a NFT. <laughs> All of I'd put us back into the Stone Age, where just, no, just to get the NFT where out of no my wallet. technology could exist, just to get rid of the Dylan Brooks NFT. <laughs> we don't care that GP2 forgave him, and so there's no ill will. We are, we're, we're, this podcast is its own entity, and we will tear all of this down for petty grievances. Dude, you guys, think about how, how this is. I have had these for like a year, <laughs> and uh, I have um, a Paul George dunk uh, that, I have, that I have for sale for $100. I have a Tyrese Halliburton dunk for sale for $2,000 if anyone's interested in buying it. And did then you, this- did did what? you list these prices? Yes. I okay. must have. I think I did. And then I also, this is where it starts to fall off. I have a Kyle Kuzma 
dunk for $1,500. Are you going to pay me $1,500 and also give me the Kyle Kuzma dunk? Because that's what it would take for me to get Kyle I Kuzma. have a Kristaps Porzingis dunk for $50. I want I want the Kristaps one too. I want the Kuzma one. I want the $1,500 you just offered. And I want... <laughs> I want the exact same hey, giant pink sweater that Kyle Kuzma wore to a game earlier this year <laughs> yeah. that went viral. <laughs> and then we will sell that sweater in belligerentpeeves.com slash <laughs> Wait, <laughs> wait, do you, if you own the Paul George, like a specific Paul George dunk, does that mean that like no one else owns that specific dunk? No, right? there are, um, no, it's, there's it's like the 35,000 of them. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So oh. it's just like, it's like cards. Uh, there, okay, like, it's like basketball cards. Yeah. Oh, somebody, you can burn them. Somebody <laughs> burned one of these cards. It says it says that there are thirty five thousand in the edition. Twenty nine thousand seven hundred seventy are pr- proudly owned. Two thousand seventy are hidden in packs. Twenty or two hundred twenty five are in the locker room, which I don't know what that is. And then one burned. <laughs> I'm gonna buy all of Dylan Brooks's NFTs and burn them all. <laughs> One sextillion dollars later. Yeah, that, is, <laughs> that is some Eric Cartman level evil. <laughs> I, love, I, I love it, JP. Um, all right. Well, yeah. Keep us updated on <laughs> your NBA top shot day trading, JP. I don't, do, I don't do this. I don't actually do this. Probably not. Um, something we actually do is love Oregon State sports. That's true. And, and uh, how about our softball team, you guys? Yeah. We've well, got a full-on segment dedicated to these kick-ass ladies, but fuck. I mean, we can't just bury the lead here. We're going to the Supers. Oh, man. Hell, yeah. The Super Dupers. They just did not give up. They they were ready to play every game, and I honestly feel like that the slide they had at the end of the season right. was just like – it was a good learning experience. And Benny, you talked about like you'd rather that they did that now and that they could take that and make it make it something that helps them through the postseason. So it worked. When it worked. that was happening and we we're like, this will build fortitude for like next year and be something <laughs> to build on for next year. I don't want to assume that they listen to the pod. Maybe some of them do. I hope they do. Shout out. Oregon State softball. Hell yeah! Listening. Shout love, love y'all. Uh, but they they took that and said, "Fuck your next year. <laughs> we're, we're doing this shit now, losers. Uh, <laughs> get in, losers. We're going to the supers." They had a. It was either a tweet or an Instagram post. Uh, it was so a picture of the good, team, so and they said, posts. "Yeah, they said uh, we're either we're a problem or we're gonna be a problem," and that is that's what you love to see. Uh, right. Because, I mean, they were just beat down at the end of the season and a team that's streaky. You want them to you know, get that out of their system. And and now that streak is uh, is reversing. And so we we uh, stole the the from Ohio State. Uh, we made Tennessee volunteer up their losses. The first of many, <laughs> might I add, that Tennessee volunteer us. up against more, Oregon State. More like Rocky Top of the Peacock. Am oh, I right? Rocky bottom. Rocky top of the peacock. Yeah. Yeah. Shout out Hell to the peacock. Yeah. Or top Tom's of the peacock cock. bar and grill in beautiful Corvallis, Oregon, a.k.a. the Paris of the Pacific Northwest, home to Oregon State University, the Harvard of the Pac-12. 
Uh, and we're going on to play Stanford, who was not a team involved in that uh, lengthy losing streak we had. We took two out of three from the stupid freaking Cardinal when we played them earlier nice. this season. Well, hey, before mm-hmm. we get too deep. Before we get too deep. Deep, deep like a Frankie Hamoudi bomb. Yeah. Yes. The deep center. Yeah, we should probably talk about beer. This is is that where is that where I think so. This? So yeah, this is I your cue, listener, are. to skip the next thirteen minutes. No, don't skip the next thirteen <laughs> minutes. Re- rewind the, the next thirteen minutes and listen to it again. Uh, what if we just tell people we're doing the beer segment and then we don't, and that would be like an April ooh, Fools in May. Ooh, and then you'd miss some really fun candor banter that you wouldn't that you can't get in. Any of the other forty-eight episodes. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, well, this uh, is the Belligerent Beeves uh, beer segment, brought to you proudly by could be you, any independent brewery on the planet listening. Still sponsorless, but <laughs> maybe maybe one day soon. <laughs> anyway, uh, my mine is quick. I got back from the airport like at seven thirty, and. Uh, Shocking! After five days in Cancun, I did not want to go straight to a liquor store, so I am I am once again drinking Cabin Crusher in the orange can from uh, Summit uh, Brewing Company here. But it's a great summer beer, and since uh, both our baseball and softball teams have been crushing it, it still works. And I figured I might as well go with the same thing and do laundry instead of go to the liquor store. So I I have a boring boring entry. Mm. Wow. Segment. Wow. Okay. Fuck you guys. I just got back from Cancun. Come on. You should have prepared before you left. I was doing. I, I know I could have. Yeah. And then I was doing show notes for this after my pl- the plane landed. So I was working what? on the. I was assessing where I should prioritize my energy. And I chose the segments with a little more substance rather than mm. the segment about substances. See no. how you do that? Wordplayed, motherfuckers! I got Where's you! Where's the Terry that we know? Shut up, he's here. No, single <laughs> Terry is like dead Dave. and gone. JP, play oh, five okay. seconds of Dead and Gone by T.I. and Justin Timberlake. Oh, oh no. No, <laughs> don't do me like that. I'm still here. I'm still fine. <laughs> Uh, we'll see. Watch, watch me crush this beer right now to yeah. prove how fun Cru- I am. Crush that chug, beer chug, and chug, get chug, another chug, one. Chug. They didn't crush that. That was a sip. Did you even gulp? drink any? Why I am going to fucking kill both <laughs> of you guys. I can go next. <laughs> I JP uh, texted us the weather that's going to be down in Tucson for the Pac-12 uh, baseball tournament. And I got fucking Scottsdale. hot just looking at, yeah, it's Scottsdale, not Tucson, Scottsdale. And I just got hot looking at, at it. So I needed a refreshing vanilla porter by Breckenridge. Ooh, and it has yes. snow, snow all over the, uh, right. the bottle, which looking at that, cooled me down again so yeah. i'm that, that's I'm why you gotta have that really nice that really nice sweater on because yeah vanilla porter makes it feel like christmas time over there mm. that's right hey you can yeah. drink but you know what there's a stigma around dark beers in the in the warm weather and mm. i am here to break that stigma yes you can drink a dark beer whenever the hell you want this baby yeah. certified do whatever you want listener do whatever you yeah. want you benny can- 
Yeah, you can even drink a uh, dark beer uh, in Scottsdale when it's going to be what 107 degrees. Yeah, you do can. Do you? Do you? Yeah. If that yeah. brings you happiness, you should do it. Yeah. Yeah. Can I can I plug something that's not a beer, even though this is the beer segment? Yes. Yeah. That Benny's been doing that literally every. Well, no, I'm not, I don't. I don't even have it with yet. me, but I just wanted to point it out because I feel like I was kind of prepared for Benny to have a non-beer substance, which I would lead oh. to this with, but. I would like to tell the world I'm so anxious for this. that y'all have been sleeping on Jack in the Box for far too <laughs> long. Yeah. Where I had to come on Saturday. Where is this possibly coming from? I ordered Jack in the Box on Saturday, too. It was so good. I feel yeah. like Jack – do people sleep on Jack in the Box? I thought Jack in the Box had a fairly reputable uh, – reputation in in well sure but they've 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 diversified their offering like tenfold i mean they went and took the tacos and made mini tacos they took they took their late night menu and made it a munchy menu and i'm talking like onion rings and chicken on your burger type late night onion rings smack I mean, Jack. We can keep it specific to Jack in the Box, but onion rings in general don't get enough credit. You guys remember where Jack in the Box had like an E. coli breakout when we were kids? Yeah, and we that's, used to go them as a we used to go a lot as we, a family. We don't have happened. Jack in the Box in the Midwest, so I didn't experience Jack in the Box until I was at Oregon State, and I fucking loved it. Uh, so I, for some reason, that stuck in my head. I, like my, I remember my parents talking about it. So I, I was like. <laughs> Didn't go to Jack in the Box forever, and then oh my, I just yeah, waited too long. Can, yeah, you can excuse stuff like that. One of my friends loves is obsessed with Chipotle, and I remember having a conversation. With oh him yeah, about they had the, a bad the, one. The E. coli Chipotle, the E. coli Chipotle outbreak while eating Chipotle, and he was like, "It doesn't make a difference to me, bro," and he just like scarfed down his burrito. So damn, that was like a decade what, ago. You love what you love. Yeah. What you love. You love what you yeah. love. And, the service at Chipotle is mostly still suck, uh, but I love Jack in the Box. That Corvallis Jack in the Box was huge. It was one of the few. It was I think it was the only fast food place on Ninth that was open twenty four hours when we were in school. Yes, maybe yes. that's changed, but that was like it was clutch that you was getting someone who could operate a motor vehicle safely to get you to take, to take you to Jack in the Box after like after one a.m. Because I think that I think that T Bell was open until like one, and maybe that Wendy's was open until midnight or one. But that, yeah. that J to the B, 24-7, baby. And they, I remember having uh, no limit on serving breakfast either. Yeah. Whereas, like, McDonald's was like, probably yeah, not. Don't. McDonald's does yeah. again. They're, they're, yeah. I know. What the fuck, McDonald's? Yeah. Don't sponsor the pod. We want Jack in the Box. No. Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> so, wait. <laughs> okay, wait. <laughs> So you you were in Corvallis this weekend, yeah, at the Oregon State. You I was, game. Did, yeah. Did you get Did you get Jack in the Box down there, or did you get Or did you order Jack in the Box when you're in Portland? I got when I got home. Okay, yeah, and so nice. What yeah. do you what, what, walk us through your order? Oh, so I got the uh, spicy nacho chicken sandwich munchie meal. Oh, God, I, holy shit! Like that, 
<laughs> like, listen wow. That, that's from like a wordsmith standpoint. That's the best fast food order in history. I know. So now here are the ingredients. This, and it's, it leads with, this is not an ordinary meal. <laughs> that is how it starts. <laughs> I always want to hear someone at a fast food restaurant say that to me before serving me food. That, so, those are the exact words I want to hear. Yeah, but like, check this out. Because this is spicy, crispy chicken topped with onion rings, jalapenos, and nacho cheese sauce on toasted sourdough, and two regular tacos, and have the fries, which is, you know, half regular, half curly, a small fountain drink, and... That's an innovation right there. And you're drooling now. Which, yeah. No, I am. Damn, Benny, that sounds so good. I, I can see Benny drooling through the Zoom. That's no, no cap. Their tacos just casually thrown in there too. That's something to be said. Their tacos are really good. Dude, yeah. they have tiny tacos now. They're like they're like miniature tacos in a little cup. And then you can get I bet they're so good. You can get loaded tiny tacos, which is the same little tiny tacos, but it's covered in like lettuce, cheese, and taco sauce. Their taco sauce is so good. It just good. reminds me of the Jim Gaffigan mini muffins bit. Like, oh mini muffins, I'll just have one or twelve. It doesn't, it doesn't matter because they're so small. They barely. You know. <laughs> uh, but I would maybe eat twelve regular tacos from Jack in the Box. So now yeah. that we're in our thirties, we they, they got the mini tacos for us. We we are yeah. that demographic. We still want to pig out like we could back when we were youngsters, but they know we can't. So it's like, all right, get get the thirty something some mini tacos. Yeah. So they, they can moderate a little bit more. Did you know um, they have jumbo egg rolls at Jack in the Box? I did not know. Dude, this. I I feel like that's uh, an area that fast food restaurants should have been capitalizing on like way sooner. Yeah, not to diminish egg rolls or anything. When when we say something would be a great fast food. The three of us here, we don't mean that as an insult at all. We love fast food. Yeah. It's amazing yeah. <laughs> that that we don't take yeah. up more landmass than that than we do. We should have <laughs> Thanks, to run Peloton. Peloton way yeah. more, especially me. But <laughs> like egg rolls, I feel any fast food restaurant on the planet has the kitchen and equipment necessary to just crank out hundreds of egg rolls like by the batch, and. If you like, I figure like if that that was like a th if like McDonald's had been like we're gonna master egg rolls before anyone else does, that would have been game changing. So I'm happy to hear yeah. Jack in the Box is doing it. Open a Minneapolis location, please, Jack in the Box. I, I feel <laughs> left out. The most underrated thing about Jack in the Box, the most underrated thing is the sourdough buns that they have. Yeah, They're buttered perfectly. And I don't know why other places don't do that. It's like a grilled cheese. It is, yeah. Bun. It's like a patty melt yeah. or something. Yeah, like sourdough a patty, jack. Yeah, yeah. Classic. Oh, I'm, gonna, I'm, so gonna, awesome. I'm gonna move this forward so we don't get bogged down. But Benny, this is me uh, formally requesting a fast food centered Benny's bonus belligerent question sometime, sometime soon, so that we can just go for forty minutes to an hour and then throw it on the Patreon page. I love yeah. that because now going back from jumbo egg rolls and mini tacos to my beer. Here's my jumbo egg roll porter. It's a liquefied <laughs> egg roll with a shitload of hops. 9.5% alcohol by volume. I'm blacked out. I just coached my son's t-ball game. <laughs> it's uh, uh, so I I've actually had this one before. Typically, I try to have a beer that's new for the and then have it on the podcast. But like that's really hard to do. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, everybody. But it adds up. It adds up. And so you know when you buy like a four pack, 
you have some and you have to, but I had this one not on the podcast. So this is still the first one on the podcast. And it's cool because it's in Portland and so shout out Steeplejack Brewing which is I think located off of Sandy maybe or I think it's Sandy. Either way, they are like a converted it's like a converted old Lutheran church or something of the like. So it's got Hell like, yeah. It's way got, better use. Well, I mean, it's got like you know, the cool like arches and architecture of like the wood beams and stuff, and they got the stained glass, and then they just have beer oh, fermenting inside the church. Hence the use of the word steeple. Yeah, and I'm drinking their uh, Roustabout IPA, and it's really nice for a basic IPA. This is like a nice crushable, could be a staple in my fridge type IPA. A, st- oh, a, a staple from Steeple. Please tell me they have a beer named after the blood of Christ. I don't know that answer. I feel like if you're brewing in a Lutheran church, there's got to be some sacramental beer naming conventions going on as well. Just fully lean into it. Um, Untapped score? Oh, I gave it a four. I get a four. It's, it's nice, yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. I have more wow. respect for your four grades after uh, the 3.7s through 3.9s we've been hearing out of you yeah. lately. Yeah. No kidding. Tough, I'm a tough, tough grader. Tough grader. You are mm-hmm. a tough grader. Yeah. Hard to please. Unless you're a beautiful double IPA. Unless you're, unless you're literally any double IPA that's ever been made. <laughs> and in that case, 4.2 automatically. <laughs> yeah. So uh, cheers, guys. Cheers! Welcome back, Terry. You look less red than Benny would have been in Mexico, so congrats. Thank you. Yeah, Yeah. you don't look sunburnt at all. I don't. Do I look tan? Or do I just look the same? I mean, yeah. You look like you got color. I look look Irish. What color is it, Benny? Salmon. (laughs) (laughs) The same color I get when I am in the sun. No, you look good, man. Thank you. Thank you. You look good, too. I feel good. I got one workout in while I was down there. Nice. Oh. I had des- I had designs of doing it every day, but then, then I then Mexico really, happened. That, 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 <laughs> then, you're then, Mexico. then it, Cancun Terry took over. Oh. Not 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 as crazy as <laughs> Cancun Single Terry, but <laughs> that, <laughs> that guy would be podcasting from a jailhouse somewhere in Quintana Roo. So uh, <laughs> glad he's not the one who made the trip uh, this time. So. Um, we got we got to move on, um, and uh, but before we do that, we got to give another shout out to our friends uh, from Seamheaded. Uh, this episode, as always with our summer episodes, is of the Belligerent Bees podcast is brought to you by our friends over at Seamheaded uh, Beaver Fam. Summer is here; it's in full swing. Whether you're in Cancun or the Paris of the Pacific Northwest, or heading down to Scottsdale for the Pac-12 tournament where it's definitely summer. Uh, baseball season and softball season are in full swing, and you're not ready for your hot beef summer until you visit SeamHeaded.com. SeamHeaded is an independent lifestyle brand specializing in baseball-themed apparel. If you believe that baseball is more than a game but a way of life, then SeamHeaded is the brand for you. Because baseball is more than a game, and Seamheaded celebrates the rich history and heritage of our national pastime with unique designs for all baseball enthusiasts. And it now has an all-new collection inspired by and for belligerent Beavs listeners. That's right. Your three-time national championship Oregon State baseball team, hopefully soon to be four-time national championship 
uh, Oregon State baseball team has its own line of seam headed shirts. They've got a hashtag chop em tee, a belligerent beef jersey. There's the super dope Corvallis map home plate tee, which is my favorite, and much, much more available in men's, women's, and kids' sizes. And as a special listener of the Belligerent Beefs podcast, which you are, you get 31% off on all seam-headed Belligerent Beefs products when you use the promo code CHOPEM at checkout. I know we joked about the CHOPEM promo code at checkout of various sponsors for months on the pod before we got a sponsorship, but this one is real. Type C-H-O-P-E-M at checkout for a 31% off discount at seamheaded.com today when you use the promo code CHOPEM at checkout for the nicest discount in the game. Seamheaded.com. Check them out. CHOPEM. Chop him. Check it out. It looks like Benny was trying to say something, but he's actually muted. Maybe muted appropriately for the first time ever. <laughs> oh, yeah. I said chop him. Yeah, chop him. Shout out Seam Headed. Shout out our friend Pat Ryan. Doing great work over there. I love Seam Headed. Uh, so, and I know we saw a bunch of uh, belligerent beeves gear at uh, Goss uh, this, this weekend. And uh was hoping to see some Seam Headed shirts, shirts as well. I, I saw one in like a blurry photo that kind of looked like one but i guess it could have been any kind of orange shirt uh but check out seam headed uh check out the belligerent beast products there and also the other uh dope shit they have as well it's a really cool brand and they're doing a great job uh and speaking of baseball and softball and just all kinds of dope things happening on the diamond once again you guys how about our softball team laura berg and crew crushing it Crushing it indeed, man. That was, uh, I, I mean, you don't normally have a three seed winning the regionals, but uh, I can't say that we didn't somewhat call this and see this coming uh, with the softball <laughs> thing that we have. That's giving us a little up. bit of credit. We made but... it happen. This was all <laughs> us. <believed> in them. <laughs> we willed it. Yes. Yeah. We certainly willed it to happen. I will say, I don't think there's, I did not foresee a time in my life where I'd be on a beach at Cancun watching a softball game on my phone. And that is what I was doing on Sunday and freaking out and having a lot of fun doing it. It's uh, Bob Aganoush from UW before, during the section of the show, let me know. He was like, enjoy this postseason softball fucking slaps. And it does slap. And our team slaps. Yeah. They're playing so well and they're having, it looks like they're having more fun than anyone else on the planet doing anything right now. And that's yep. my favorite part. But also the, the, the poise that they play with too. Like, they're, they're so young and they still don't let the, the circumstances and the situation get the best of them. Like, they just like play their game and they trust their own process so it's like it's amazing to see them enjoying themselves playing light having fun but also just like realizing hey we we're kind of playing with house money at this point let's do let's make the best of it and they do that and more and i really like i said i see this team making a lot of noise i do i i mean they have nothing to lose. They have nothing to lose. We've talked about their youth and be like, well, yeah, like you said, like next year, it's going to be amazing. In two years, it's going to no, be incredible. No, they said fuck your next year. JP. I know. I know. Uh, That's the this, best part. This year. It's about this year. 
I, I, the whole time I was like, no, guys, it's going to be this year. We're we're going to the super. To have a 10 game losing streak and be like, fuck it, we're going to the super regionals anyway. Badass. Yep. Yep. Queen. I feel like this team, right. This, this team has uh, sort of that, the counterbalance of uh, a ton of um, confidence uh, along with being able to play loose and light and not have the you know a ton of pressure put on you so that's that's sort of where you want to be in the postseason especially if you're a streaky team right but the, the choreographed dugout dances are just the best thing happening in in sports right now and if if you don't follow the account yet uh beeves in action is like a behind the scene instagram account for the the softball team uh one of the broadcasters asked laura berg who ran the account and she gave kind of a uh uh, ambiguous <laughs> answer as as to who it might be so <laughs> i don't think it's public who it is but uh their their latest post had them practicing some of the dances that i don't know when the video took place but just sort of on the football uh practice field of the the dugout dances they do and how like each each player has has their own that the team then then does for them and it's just so fun i my, i love the uh like very stern stance laura berg has during the in-game interviews it's very it's very coachy headphones yeah. on hands on hips and th- that picture of like there's like six players behind her with like the fake headphones made out of like water bottles uh just with the exact same pose looking at the camera while laura berg's doing the interview um and, and that, they nail the pose they nail it they nailed, they yeah. nailed the pose yeah that's 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 so that's so softball um i love it uh i love that um uh, Laura Berg's been able to cultivate that this sort of community a- atmosphere um, a- among the team, especially, you know, like you expect a team with a lot of freshmen to just have a lot of exuberance, but like they, uh, it looks like they're playing with a trust uh, and belief in each other that usually takes years to build and just also cherry on top that they're having more fun doing it that I've seen most people ever have fun doing anything, which is just, it just makes it so much more enjoyable with to see how, how much uh, they're enjoying it themselves. Isn't it so interesting that when you have teams that remember to have fun when they're playing sports, mm-hmm. th- those are the teams that do really well. Shocking, it's like, if you right? could just remember why you started playing the game to begin with, you become a lot less tight and, um, and yeah, you, you generally play better. So uh, it's awesome to see on, on a ton of different levels. So I'm glad they're having fun and it, I'm, I'm glad it's making them better. Right. And hopes for it to keep going uh, long past this coming weekend, but we'd have to mention it's the first time we've made it this far since 2006. So no small potatoes. Congratulations, ladies. I know there's more work to be done, but props to everything you've accomplished uh, so far this season. Uh, we mentioned the youth on this team, but the one senior – uh, who is honored uh, on Senior Day? Uh, Mariah Mazone really stole the show this weekend, especially on Sunday. Uh, going into that day, we had we had to take two uh, from Tennessee, playing in their own ballpark, or it was lights out. Going home, season's over. Um, she t- tosses a complete game in the fir- in the first game, eight to three win. Also hits a bomb, and then the second game. Uh, pitched pitched an inning and also hit another bomb uh, to win three one, and in, in in light of our conversation on the NL getting rid of DH last week, <laughs> I think this has become JP's favorite hashtag. Uh, and this argument is 
all caps. I don't know if it started as a hashtag, but I made it one in the show notes. Pitchers who rake. Uh, do we need to make Mariah own belligerent beef jerseys now at Pitchers Who Rake? That needs to be our next NIL proposal. Yes. I like that. Yeah. I think I think I'm down with that. Mariah, if you're on open doors, yeah. expect expect to hear from our people soon. The the belligerent <laughs> beef traveling secretary uh, may may make it to Palo Alto to deliver uh, business proposals in person because we're we're official like that. <laughs> I just love a player that wants to do damage on, on both sides of the game and like I mean talk about helping your cause and helping your team in every single way you possibly can as a leader as a reliable pitcher and a reliable slugger and coming in the clutch not just to you know like fluff her own stats i mean like she literally made an impact every single time she had a performance like that and so this team is falling behind her lead and she's saying i'm not going home yet i'm not done so i think they're like rallying around her and they're helping her get to you know the next level and get through supers and get to the world series oh yeah yep and um i so i just went back and and looked and uh, i don't know if you guys um know how we performed in the 2006 uh college softball world series it was not well um so i think that uh that we have um some vengeance uh that we're ready to dish up i i have a really good uh, feel about this team they've shown us how good that they can play um and it seems like they're sort of shifting back into that gear and and i agree with you jp when you're playing for something more than just the team when you're playing especially like for one particular individual i feel like everything that happened prior is is out the door it's postseason it's silly season like anything can happen right now and um yeah if you're not following this team um hop on the bandwagon because it's going to be fun well that's what i think is like this this pac-12 season was obviously or leading into conference play was very streaky for us uh, with that like 17 game winning streak i think it was 11 game losing streak and mm-hmm. the team i don't i don't think that either of those streaks defined this team i think they were both a bit of a mirage in a way but it didn't take away from the fact that they're super super talented i mean they essentially went on the road and won two straight winner go home games against the top 11 seed or top 11 you know uh program in the country like yeah that's not an easy feat by any means even if we had 117 leading up to that point like it just shows me that this team like yeah they were streaky but because they were just finding their footing and i don't think that they're actually streaky or that they're bad or that they're insanely like over the top can win every they, you know win every game here on out, which I hope they do now because they've done it 17 in a row already. Right. There is clearly enough talent there to, like you said, it's silly season. Like let's let's like shock everybody. Let's pull all that talent out. Let's rally around our players, our coach, and and just shock the world. And I think they're on their way to do that. Yeah, agreed. Terry's looking at pictures <laughs> of his girlfriend. <laughs> Okay. okay. Come on. 
No, I was looking at the schedule for this all-important Super Regional, which it starts uh, on Friday, May 27th in Palo Alto at 7.30 p.m. Pacific time and Saturday, May 28th at 3 p.m. Pacific time. Both games are on ESPNU. If there's a split, I imagine there'll be... Uh, I don't know when game three would be, if it'd be later on Saturday or kicked to, to Sunday. I haven't seen that in a release or anything yet, but... ESPNU, more watchable against Stanford, a team we've already gone two and one against. I feel good. I feel really good. I feel great about the possibilities here. Stanford, I told you when Oregon State men's basketball lost to Samford, I told you guys I smoked pot (laughs) with Sammy Ford. Well, I also smoked pot with Stanley Ford. (laughs) <laughs> His younger, smarter brother, also known as Stanford. <laughs> and he's, he's really not shit. This bit is not going to die. I don't, I don't care how bad it is. <laughs> it, it's going to stick around. <laughs> Shout out to Will Farrell and Step Brothers. Uh, just going to keep keep that alive. For, for any college <laughs> that sounds like a name, Franklin, Tennessee, Brian, Texas, Cannon Claycomb. Cannon Claycomb's the fucking that is man, real name, by though. the way. Yeah, yeah. yeah, that's a real guy. It's a real guy. We just really like his name. It's alliterative. His first name's Cannon. I don't need to explain anything other than that. Uh, but yeah, <laughs> Friday, Friday in Palo Alto. Friday in Palo Alto. What's like anything how far along? When, when is finals week at Oregon State right now? Or this term? Mm, not for like two, in, yeah, it's going to be like two more weeks from now. Okay, students, you've got no excuse. Yeah, it's like, it's like week though. eight. Yeah, like who it's cares? Week and it's the eight. Bay Area. It's week eight. Yeah. It's Bay Area. Come it's on. not even that far. Get an Ike sandwich when you're there. Shout out Ike's. <laughs> Shout out Ike's. You know there aren't going to be any one. Stanford students there. They don't leave the library. They don't go to any of their events. Yeah, even when they're good. They don't go to any of their sporting events. It's sad. They just send someone drunk and dress them up like a tree, and that's who yeah. they have. That's their fan group. That's a stupid mascot. Yeah, it is. Stupid. I mean, I still give them <laughs> love for – Having their giant drum say "Go Beavs" when they played Oregon That's in true. football, that was cool. I, I still don't really know why, but I I love it. And they they put it, they put it in the middle of the tree on the field, which was all too appropriate when we when we chopped them like Beavs chopped trees weeks later. But still, I still appreciate the the support from, from the Stanford band. <laughs> yeah, Stanford band's cool. I'm just playing. Their tree, Their tree used to get in a lot more trouble. But I hope he beat your ass this weekend, Stanford. Yeah. Hell We're yeah. We're smarter than you at sports. We're smarter, smarter than you at sports. <laughs> uh, and more belligerent, for sure. That's not even up Way, there. way more. Not, not. No, it's not. Yeah, And we want to go to Oklahoma when we mean it. <laughs> it's the first time anyone's ever said that. <laughs> we do. It's true. <laughs> Uh, I don't have our figures in front of me, but I believe we have a couple Oklahoma City listeners. So Benny's just being being funny. We're playing. We just hate the rest of the state. We love where you live, though. Yeah. <laughs> Wherever, if you're listening to this podcast, we love where you live. <laughs> shit. It's whatever place near you that you hate is where what we're also hating on. That's right. Yeah. You know, that's we that's, hate them, too. That's the joke. That That's the joke. If you're in Oklahoma City, yeah, fuck Tulsa. If you're in Tulsa, 
then fuck Norman. And if you're in Norman, then fuck Stillwater. And I think that is the limit of my geographical knowledge of cities in the state of Oklahoma. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) But we do hope our uh, kick-ass softball team gets to go. And then as soon, whenever this miracle, amazing season's over, hopefully after a championship uh, week is when we'll try and get, uh, extend uh, the invitation for Laura Berg to come on the pod and talk all things Oregon State softball. Hey, by the way, you also, you forgot, um, we've had listeners in Edmond, Oklahoma. So shout out. Edmond, Oklahoma. Oh, I I know Edmond, Oklahoma. Oh, I love Edmond. Yeah. I love Edmond. Yeah. Yeah. I smoked pot with Edmund Oklahoma. <laughs> <laughs> All right, the bits the bits getting old, but Edmund Oklahoma ah. does sound like the name of a guy and also the name of of a town. Eddie Oaks. <laughs> Eddie Oaks. Someone's from Edmund Oklahoma. <laughs> I feel like I feel like Edmund Oklahoma is one of those like major suburbs that always is like good at sports. Uh, that, yeah. like their high school teams good at sports. Yeah, like they they produce like a lot of recruits. Yeah, or something like Dusty that. Allen is a uh, major league baseball player who is from there. Paul Blair on the Bears tackle. There's I a... see Ekpe. I see Ekpe Udo. In, oh in wow, big Ed, one. Epe, my man. Oh, Blake Griffin's from there. Blake Griffin. Yeah. Ah. It's- Shannon Miller, who is another gold medal gymnast, is from there as well. Oh, this is this is the part of the podcast where we look things up. <laughs> Russell Westbrook has two homes. He owns two homes in Edmond. Why? I don't know. No, he he was there for a long time. So but why two? Why two homes in like a neighboring city? Is there a difference in like the areas? I don't know. I don't know. That is interesting. Oh, Darcy Lynn, dude, a- AGT, America's Got Talent. You guys are America's Got Talent fans, aren't you? I am. You guys might watch <laughs> it with me, that's it. <laughs> I, 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 I watched it with you when I hung out at your place a lot and you had it on. Yeah. Um, I didn't really like Darcy Lynn. Sorry, Darcy. She's a ventriloquist, and that stuff was weird to me. Like, the, yeah. like a talking puppet? Yeah. That's like the, yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. For we all reason, know you're the one talking. Yeah, I don't get it either. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We've now offended everyone from Oklahoma and ventriloquists <laughs> all around. We're pissing off all the wrong demographics, you guys. <laughs> well, let's look ahead to the other diamond sport then. The other, yeah. the other diamond sports, because diamonds are forever, apparently, with Oregon State sports. Uh, and on the baseball side of things, uh, we just had a series, the last regular season series of the year against UCLA at Goss, and now uh, attention shifts to the first ever baseball Pac-12 tournament, which starts on Wednesday for the Beavs at 4.45 p.m. Pacific time against the Washington Huskies. Jaron Hunter will be getting the starting nod for the Beavs. Uh, that's according to OSUBeavers.com. But it was a record-setting day at Goss on Saturday, and to tell you all about it, the man who is there in the flesh with the mini babay getting Benny to put on a belligerent beef's hat. <laughs> Benny the beaver, not Benny with the good quaff. Yeah. Our, our Benny wasn't there. <laughs> Real Benny. Uh, JP, you were in the house at Goss. You were part of that record-setting crowd. What was it like? It was a great crowd. It was a beautiful day. It was so amazing. It was just clear blue skies, perfect temperature. It was a little 
I don't know how to the right way to phrase this. Like subdued, I think. Cautious might be the right phrase. I believe the fans knew what was at stake and probably felt it more than the players were at during that moment, given that we let the Pac-12 regular season championship slip away, and that was already a given. There was really no way out from there, and Stanford was running away against USC as well. So we were essentially playing for second place, uh, which is still incredible and also means a lot for postseason postseason slotting. So it was there's a lot on the line. I don't think the players felt it, and the crowd really got into it too eventually as we went on. And, yeah, it was – I had not been to Goss since – I was in school and the improvements they've made, they, they were working on like the Jacoby Ellsbury locker room and that whole banners left field section, I think at the year after we left and graduated. So mm-hmm. it wasn't even like, like there was not even any construction happening when we were last there. And it's such a beautiful park, man. They, they've done such a good job putting those two kind of high risers out on the uh by the foul poles down the corner and the team looked great the team looked great like i i felt that i mean fenix had an awesome outing and that was probably the longest he's gone all season i think i mean it was like in the seventh i think they pulled him so mm-hmm. that was that was an awesome performance by him um i i don't know i mean look, shout out to shelly bean saw some listeners Will Will later, hell yeah! Pat Beaverman, who is cousins to Marvin Beaverman, but not really, but <laughs> Beaver cousins, Beaver cousins. Yeah. It was cool. We we got to talk to some more listeners. It was great. I mean, we love we love meeting all of you in person. And I I was just walking through the concourse, you know, headed over head over to uh, Pat Beaverman to deliver hand deliver a uh, Bebe's beer because. He was actually one of the original winners for our birthday party deliveries. Oh, yeah. Unfortunately, he couldn't be there to get the delivery because he had to work. So we promised we'd buy him a beer next time we were in Corvallis. So we paid our debts and we stuck to our word. We do pay our debts. Yes. We're like the Lannisters, but only in that way and no other ways. But as I'm walking through, I got beers in my hand. I got pizzas in my hand. And I hear, chop them. And I turn around and (laughs) Shelly. And I'm like, yeah. I love it. I love hearing oh that. Oh, my God. That That's warms awesome. my heart. Great experience. Yeah, all around. Shelly's the shit. I love yep. you, Shelly. Yeah. Um, yeah, That's that just makes me so happy. It was sick. Yeah, it was a great yeah. day. Absolute great For day. Sure. Did you guys watch the game? Melon went part of it. Melon's home run was just absolutely destroyed. <laughs> There was no Catch. real wind. There was a little bit of breeze, but like nothing like carrying, and that ball just sailed. I, I I didn't know when it would come down. It should be it should be worth two, then, because I really want him to break this fucking record. <laughs> <laughs> you don't have to pretend. I do. I do want him to break it. Did you notice like any? I mean, you mentioned with the crowd that there was like some trepidation. Was that didn't seem to be felt by the players? At least not what I saw. Uh, did Did you notice that as well? No, definitely not. They, I, I feel like, I, I feel like the players probably sit on these tough stretches, it, 
differently than fans. I think it, like a long stretch can really weigh on on you. But we have a lot of upperclassmen and seniors on this team, right? And so I think that they can shake that funk a lot more quickly than more or less experienced club can. And so I don't think that they. I think that their sights are so much further down the road, rightfully, than just winning the Pac-12 yeah, or finishing yeah. second. That they just played their game. They played their game. Yep. They tried to right the ship, and they did exactly that. Right. And I think last week I had mentioned as long as we're top four. It it's not top four. As long as we're top eight, yeah. I'm okay because if you're top eight and you win the regional, then you're guaranteed to host the super regional. Right. So as long as we're top eight, right. it doesn't really matter. And some some places have us at seven right now. So I'm not sure how they're going to yeah. how they'll take into consideration the Pac-12 tournament since right. it's new. But other right. other conferences have a tournament too. So I would imagine. Well, it's a double elimination tournament. Yeah. As long as we didn't like, as long as we don't crash out, I don't think our national seating in the tournament will be that effective. And you also yeah, you're probably right. Got to understand too, like there's a chance that all of the top eight teams win their respective regionals and they get to host super regionals, but. These things never go according to plan nationally. <laughs> uh, so I, I, I don't want to fall out, out of the top eight either, Benny. I think you make a very good point. Um, so I think let's be safe and just win the whole goddamn tournament, <laughs> Oregon State men's basketball style, uh, act like we, we can't make it to the tournament without winning the, the conference tournament, even though we will likely still be a very strong seed. But um, right. like you said, JP, it's it's like it's wild. And like, like Dashiell was kind of tweeting about this, like, too is this team is so good and like never really makes any like frustrating mistakes and it's baseball so like things aren't gonna go your way a lot so we lost four in a row big fucking deal <laughs> the team's 41 and 13 yeah a four game losing streak is gonna happen and maybe uh not, the, comparing a four game losing streak to an 11 game losing streak seems crazy but maybe similar to softball it just it's they're just catching that uh cold spell at the right time and now we're right you know you remind yourself how good you are in that last game against ucla and now you're you're going to a spot where i think you know it's gonna be hot as hell basically everyone's going to be uncomfortable playing in that and uh it's it's a, at least scottsdale we play a lot of games in scottsdale so hopefully they they feel comfortable uh at least in it being familiar territory literally and figuratively and it's just another business trip uh for this team and so i'm i'm hoping if <laughs> i'm not going to get too low if we don't win the conference tournament or don't make it to the championship game i don't think they will either but yeah. it's it, it it is another it it's definitely another thing on the to do list for them. So I'm hoping to see a very very strong showing, um, and it really helps too with you know just having a guy like Jaron Hunter who's really stepped in uh, to that uh, sort of you know third uh, pitcher role to have him ready to go for this Wednesday game now uh, and against a, a Washington team that <clears throat> hasn't had the season that they were hoping to have, but. Uh, you know, everyone, everyone in the tournaments above 500, I believe, uh, uh, total on the year. So everyone's won a lot of baseball games at this point. Uh, right. and it's, it's baseball. So anything, anything can happen 
anytime you step out uh, on the diamond. Um, but yeah, it, it'll be exciting. I like that the conference is doing this. I know we, we've been in our group chat a lot like, Ugh, Scottsdale, late May, seems hot. Maybe somewhere else. <laughs> and I do love our Seattle idea. If they could, if they could plan it to where they would only need one ballpark and do it when the Mariners are out of town, and then that'd be cool. Well, I think they're only playing at Scottsdale Stadium, right? So if that is what they're doing, then you do need you essentially need to be able to host the quadruple header every day. Every day, which, yeah, yeah. So some teams are like, like is the For first five game like, the first games at like nine a.m. Yeah, or something like that. I think so. Yeah. But so that's that's a thing, and I, uh, you know, I think the Oregon State's baseball team is good enough to overcome anything, uh, especially weather. But uh, when you have a game that's slotted to be a day game and it's 105 degrees outside, that always gets pushed to the evening. Like they very rarely will continue to have that game if they can push it to the evening. So I, I don't think that anyone on the Oregon state team or very few have played in this extreme of weather. But that being said, the other teams that they'll be playing probably haven't either. I just think it's a unique situation that could even the playing field. So I agree. That being said, if Oregon state does crash out of the tournament, um, blame the weather. I'm still not going to be worried. <laughs> blame the well, weather. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think that, I mean, that can, play a huge huge sort of leveling factor in the game um if you have oregon state matched up against washington let's say where they're clearly the superior baseball 100 100 but... think about this I'm looking at the weather on thursday in scottsdale at 10 a.m it's 92 degrees that is still hot but the sun doesn't feel as hot down there in the early morning i mean yeah. it, there's long shadows you've got you know still kind of a cool breeze every once in a while that cools off even at 92, that's at, again, that's at 10 in the morning. We're playing at right. 4.45. <laughs> that's 105. That's, that's salmon skin high. weather we hitch at best. Yeah. That's that, salmon yeah. skin that's weather with like six layers of SPF 100 on. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's rough. You have to wonder, is there going to be – is there going to be some bias towards the teams who get the morning games through the weekend? Because again, like that's, that's if the low, it, if the low of lows is 73 and that's at six in the morning on Monday morning, <laughs> like that's like, I mean, that is not suitable for baseball in most right. conditions. Well, even right. All right. But at this point now we've played what? 54 games this season. Something like that. Yeah. Okay, so we played 54, yeah, 54 games a season and none of them have started at nine in the morning. I get that that's the time when the weather is going to be best, but like <laughs> I guarantee you, I, I don't know who's in that 9 a.m. game. I, I looked at the bracket for a little bit, but it's escaping me now who is who is in that first day 9 a.m. game. That is going to be the flattest baseball game of the year. <laughs> it's it's, it's Arizona-Oregon. Arizona, or I guarantee you both teams come out flat as hell. I'm not even trying to make an Oregon joke here. Like, I will. Have, when was the last, like, these guys take. maybe, <laughs> yeah, of course you have a hot take, locked and loaded, ready to talk shit. That's why we love you, Benny. But <laughs> like, when was the last time these guys played a baseball game at nine in the morning? Like, I know, I guess crazy, like, like high school all-star tournaments and stuff, like that's when those things happen. But in college, no. Okay, like but noon, noon is still 97. If, if we were playing 
Sure, yeah, I, I get that, but it's just, but that also is just sort of the thing that does happen with these tournaments, and we dismiss it for a massive event like March Madness because it has been a part of our entire lives, and we're just always so excited when that first March Madness game comes around. But we also kind of fail to remember that that first game of March Madness on Thursday at 11 a.m. Central Time or whatever, a time when no one is used to starting a basketball game on a Thursday <laughs> morning. It's usually kind of a shitty game, at least for about 12 minutes of game time. And then it can, you know, get exciting. But it's just when you have this many sporting events that you need to get through, either, you know, there's going to be like the the start time could be weird. The temperature, it's going to be uneven. It's not going to be fair for everyone. And you just need to kind of fucking deal with it. And thankfully, we do, as you mentioned, JP, we have a lot of experience on this team. Uh, we have a program of, you know, history and heritage of people who have gone really far deep into uh, College World Series runs before with, you know, the whole everyone who's been on the coaching staff has played into mid to late June uh, and understands that grind. So I, I think this is definitely a this isn't a mental hurdle that I think is going to define this group. It's just another thing to deal with. Right. I will say one of the funniest things that happened to me this weekend was uh, opening up Twitter and see not one, but two different duck fans unprovoked uh, talk shit to me about <laughs> Oregon state losing a baseball game when they swept, I forget who they swept, maybe Arizona. Yeah, but I was like, you look like the Titanic talking shit to an iceberg. If you went zero and five against the iceberg, <laughs> it doesn't make any sense. Did they mistake like, man? Did they mistake you for me? Because when they went zero uh, and three against San Diego at the start, of the season was when I was talking a lot of shit, and they reminded me that we went one and five against them last year, and. I also don't care enough about college baseball to really get into a deep stats based debate with people. I just want to make fun of Oregon. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. Just don't, don't try with baseball. Just go back to losing and not winning national championships in yeah, football and not having wrestling and an entire alumni of great wrestlers who, who built a program who are pissed <laughs> off at the university they attended for canceling their program <laughs> for seemingly no reason. Uh, anyway, this is not an Oregon hate podcast. Well, it kind of is, um, but yeah, unprovoked. That's funny, Benny. Yeah, it was. Uh, I was sort of astonished. And was it was it the same? Was they, did you recognize the Abbeys from the guys who were in the birthday spaces? Uh, no, one of them. I I know because he's a he's a Niner fan and he and and a Timbers fan. And I go back and forth with him on a lot of sports stuff, but. It just felt like a 60 mile per hour change up right across the plate. <laughs> like it's just a meatball down the middle. Come on, guys. All right. Yeah. Well, I, I'm surprised why they'd get any satisfaction out of that. I was trolling them pretty hard every <laughs> single why. time that well, we So you them. said unpro unprovoked. <laughs> it was unprovoked in the it's, sense it's, that like we haven't played them in a while. But delayed. They were yeah. getting they were licking their wounds and getting their chops and uh figuring out how to respond to a, a silver tongued devil such as yourself, Benny. Yeah, it's all right. <laughs> little little brother. I'm used to little brothers always tugging at my coattails. I can handle it. <laughs> You guys, I've spent the last like ten minutes trying to chart the best path through the Pac-12 baseball tournament. When it comes no to wonder, the, the, the this temperature, is the quietest you've ever. Been. <laughs> I've been looking at the game time temperatures. 
We should play at 3 a.m. That's the, the way to do it. Here's the hot take. <laughs> no, but here, the, here's the deal is that, uh, unfortunately, being in the D Division 2, we already are screwed. We're just screwed. Because yeah, because we get like we would get like one late morning game if we lost game one, and then yeah. we'd have to win all the way through. And then we'd still get a four forty five game, and then the championship game is still at seven p.m. on Sunday, which will be a hundred degrees at first pitch. And we're recording. <laughs> at, well, so if if Oregon State's not in the championship game, we can record whenever we want to on Sunday night. If Oregon State's in the championship game, we're recording after the game, right? Yeah. Well. Beaver fam, if yeah. any of you are going to Scottsdale for the conference tournament, hit us up on social, uh, tag us in your in your IG or Twitter post uh, while you're there. We want to know how it is. I I love the idea of a conference baseball tournament. Uh, Same. Whether whether aside, I think this can be really fucking cool. It's just <laughs> maybe it needs to be in Scottsdale, and just because that's where places like the or things like this happen. Uh, but I, I don't know. I, I do love the idea of it. Like, I don't know, all like, like the top eight programs in the Pac-12 being sort of like coming and going from the same facility all day, every day for five days. Like the number of, you know, just yelling matches and like fights that aren't actual fights happening I feel like it's definitely going to be <laughs> – I don't know what the number is going to be, but I guarantee you it won't be zero. <laughs> From these teams that have all played each other a bunch already, and, you know, I don't know. Like, I'm kind of worried about this Washington game because it's a, a long season. Like, they probably don't want to be there, and they're pissed off, and they just want to play spoiler. So they're probably going to get off the bus like, fuck Oregon State. And it's, I, I feel like every I feel like every game is a trap game from here on out. Well, especially if you remember our first win in our march to winning the whole goddamn thing in 2018 um, was an elimination game against Washington, where Washington was actually kind of dominating us until there was that huge long oh, rain delay. Yeah. And then the, we came back from the rain delay and just we were crushing hit after hit after hit. A lot of a lot of Washington fans I know who were watching their first Washington baseball game that day were really <laughs> mad at me. <laughs> yeah, that was yeah, uh, that was wild. Yeah. I remember that. Good so, callback, Manny. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, how can we, how can we forget the our son? Who was promised our son, baby boy, the greatest, Adley Rutschman, former Oregon State. Uh, baseball catcher and, and Oregon football State kicker. football kickoff specialist, <laughs> which is the the latter is what made him the number one pick in the MLB draft in 2019. Clearly, <laughs> not only makes his major league baseball debut, but picks up his first hit in his first game, and of course, it's a fucking triple. Uh, he got a hit in his second game as well, and I was uh, tracking the Orioles-Yankees uh, game today, and he, he did go hitless. So uh, no no three-game hitting streak to start the career, but they get hits in two of his games. And just that uh, that video that was shared on Twitter of him running onto the field for the top of the first at Candom Yards, one of the most beautiful storied parks uh, in uh, this this great land, uh, and he just does that that little turnaround, soaking it all in for a second. That gave me chills. I watched it like a dozen times yeah. right there. 
Yeah, that was awesome. It it was so cool because I mean that's one of those like authentic things about Adley that people love, right? He's so real and relatable, and and he carries himself with no ego. And I think that we, you forget that because some of these guys go out there and they're hot shot top prospects, even if they're not number one like he has been. Like they go out there and they think, yeah, I'm just here to do my my thing. I, this is what I'm supposed to do. I'm gonna act like I've been here before, and I think that takes away a lot of like how much they've put into their craft to get there and how hard it is to get there. And I think that it was amazing to watch Adley like soak it in and really appreciate the moment and, and take the time to acknowledge like. I, I got here like it wasn't he, and he'd be the probably the first to say it wasn't just him he's got teammates and coaches and his family and parents that are probably he'll he'll say helped him get there more than himself but he got to be there and like feel what everyone's collective effort has been for the last you know 15 years of his life and I, and I think that that's really really cool that it was one captured on video and two that he allotted himself the the moment uh, to, to be able to appreciate where, where he'd got to. Right. I'm surprised that more players don't do that because you have the first time that you step foot on a major league field for your debut, like that has to be a feeling unlike any other in the world. And, um, I think that there's, sort of this built in mechanism in especially really competitive players that I can't enjoy this. I need to just grind through and like, I want, I can't enjoy anything until I win the world series and get MVP and like these crazy things. And, and to see somebody again, like the softball team, he's having fun playing Mm -hmm. a game. And that's what you, that's, that's why you started playing baseball in the first place. So props to Adley. Um, The fact that he, he got a triple uh, in, in his uh, debut is incredible. Um, and, and I know that we talk a lot about him. I, I know that he's a top prospect as well, but it was really cool to see Camden's reaction to him. Like they've been waiting for him to come up. They've mm-hmm. been reading about him, hearing about him, and they're equally as excited as I think everyone in Corvallis is. So um, that it was, it was a great scene uh, out in Baltimore over the. I got, I just got goosebumps, man. Thank you for those. Yeah, you're welcome. <laughs> I mean, just to have the presence of mind for him to be like, I'm going to allow myself this second to just stop. And, and stare up at the crowd and turn around. And also the handshake with the umpire was like the cutest handshake ever. Right. And, and then I think the ump kind of like hit him on the chest. was like, it just like, enjoy yourself, son. Uh, and, you know, he had his like perfect little, little catcher helmet hair and, and that. Uh, a couple other great videos. Um, I, I, fuck, I wish I knew uh, the accounts that tweet him offhand. But there's uh, his his... First ever hit, which is a triple, and there's another one that has the the video footage of the hit and him running around the bases, uh, with his his mom and family reacting in real time. So, uh, <laughs> Ma- Mama Rushman is is get is going as ham as you want her to, and that's a great video. <laughs> uh, and there's another video of him learning uh, the news in uh, his uh, minor league manager's office and 
right after he says the words like you're going to Camden Yards like nine of his teammates yeah come jumping in and uh, DJ Stewart was the first one in and just like screams let's fucking go and they all like tackle him and pick him up and you can just see the (laughs) smile on his face so yeah it's just it's heartwarming stuff uh it's been a long time coming since his name was announced by the commissioner as the number one pick in the 2019 draft and you know, one one of the most fun players and complete and versatile players that uh, we've gotten to watch, and I, I believe someone, <laughs> someone was wearing a Adley Rutschman football jersey at Camden Yards. Yeah. Is that where that that shot was taken? Yeah, <laughs> or was that at the Oregon State baseball game this weekend? I no, that remember. was at Camden. Yeah, and there were a lot of Orioles jerseys at the uh, at, Goss at Goss on Saturday. Yeah, yeah. I nice. remember always seeing like the the black and orange Orioles hat yeah. that had the O apostrophe S was really popular. But people used to go get them stitched in with tape. O state. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I, oh my God. Yeah. 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 Those were, those were sick. I remember J doc had one that he was the first one I ever saw with that on the sidelines. And I was like, that's the coolest thing ever. I want to, mm-hmm. I want to be a James Dockery. <laughs> I still want to be James Dockery, but anyway, congratulations to Adley Rutschman uh and to oregon state baseball and all of just the shared success uh, so can far. i just say one one last thing on that of course always it, it it's like i think it's one thing for him to enjoy the moment and everyone to love the fact that he enjoyed the moment but doesn't that exude the confidence that i think these other players that feel pressure to not enjoy the moment um like it it exudes confidence over that i think being able to just go up there and and not only enjoy the moment but show others that you're enjoying the moment a player that is at all worried about not performing to expectations is not gonna make a public scene like that like adley is incredibly confident in what he can bring to the major league level i think yeah yeah i agree and just like the the confidence in the fact that like he knows that he could be himself, and that's what all—that's all he needs to bring to the table. And like, even that's what his manager, right. his AAA manager, was saying: like, just keep doing what you're doing, right? Like, he was kind of teasing him about, you know, why he was in the right. office. But like, I think that the message was still very, very much the same. It, it, it was a perfect setup by him because I think Adley hadn't caught that day, so he was like saying, like, I know you want to be out there, and I know you want to do everything. And yeah, just sort he, of, they held him out. That thing to, to to a young athlete so I, I think he either had the whole, he didn't catch or he had the whole day off and you could sort of see like the look on Adley's face like he was he wasn't like mad but he was like of course he's a competitor he wants he wants to get every at bat and uh catch every pitch that he can so he was like doing just a very much like like yes coach like yes coach I hear you coach type thing and then it was like yeah because some days we're gonna hold you out and just know that you're going to Camden Yards. And then it was just as a total kid again. And there's that smile and his teammates screaming and uh, picking him up. Like, it's just, it's why we do this. It's why we're here. It's how we spend multiple hours a week <laughs> yelling into microphones about this gorgeous, fucking beautiful, hilarious university that we we love more than anything. So, And the people who represent it. Hell All yeah, great. Right. So keep chopping them, Adley. Hell yeah, Adley. Big things, big things in your future. Way to go, son. And don't listen to Terry who said the umpire son to you. You're ours, not the umpires. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. Yeah. 
it's an expression. I feel like I feel like um, Robin Williams and Hook watching <laughs> I, watching Captain Hook steal my son, the umpire. <laughs> Come on, Blue. Yeah, be better, Blue. No, there's a really good baseball scene in Hook. Do you guys remember the baseball scene in Hook? I can't remember the last time I watched Hook. What, dude? Like Jack is I mean, Peter's kid, and he's up to bat. And yeah, like, yeah. And they're like all, all the pirates are cheering for him, and whatever. Anyways, this is way off topic now. But Adley, you are our oh, Jack. Oh, oh, we're going off topic. Because <laughs> I, you know, the umpire probably called him son in that moment. No, I was <laughs> I I wasn't advocating for anyone kidnapping Adley from you, JP. Which is a weird sentence. I didn't think <laughs> I'd say out loud. <laughs> I was just assuming what he probably said or how that conversation probably went, but that took us on a very belligerent tangent, which is what this podcast is known for. So thank you. You're welcome. What are you looking up right now? I, you're always looking up something when you don't mute yourself so that we can hear you typing. If there's any audio of the umpire Adley conversation. <laughs> yeah, I'm just trying. I'm trying to get to the bottom of it. I don't see anything. No evidence. DM, DM Adley and be like, "Did the umpire say? Did he call you son, son? Don't forget who your hey, dads son, are." Hey, son. Has anyone else called you who your dads are? <laughs> Yeah. Oh man, I love it. That's like some modern family shit. If all three of us are just dads <laughs> of Adley. <laughs> Great sitcom. Let's let's take it to Hollywood, you guys. Um, all right. Uh, real quick on uh, men's basketball, it appears that the 2022-23 roster is uh, finalized with the latest transfer news. We got guard Justin Rochelin from the Arizona State Sun Devils. Uh, he. Justin did not play last year. He's a former three-star recruit from Encino, California. Uh, pretty up in the air. We don't know much about him because we haven't seen him play uh, college basketball before, but three-star recruit, nothing to sneeze at. And as uh, our friend Sam Wally said in the Belligerent Bees Discord, always really funny to take a prospect away from Bobby Hurley. So <laughs> that's exactly what Tinkle did. He's ours now, and uh, it looks like uh, – the squad for next year is set in place, and there's a lot to that's going to happen between now and then. And it's, you know, it's just that uh, that three and twenty eight is going to be be hanging heavy over uh, this entire off season. So I want all of the the Peyton heads who also listen to us and all the this Oregon State men's basketball enthusiasts to to just you know hang hang in there. It's as Sam said in the Twitter spaces, it's going to be better than last year. It's not going to be worse. Yeah. I will guarantee that. It's <laughs> the resident white blanket here <laughs> is guaranteeing an over of 3.5 and taking the over uh, to the bank. Um, so we'll probably uh, spend some time researching uh, the, the new guys, uh, including Justin, and uh, just. God, just hoping, hoping for the best. Hoping Tank will find some new magic with the. Uh, the new setup, but happy that we, it seems like we have the whole group, uh, including the new assistant coaches and everyone in place. And now it's just time to get to work. Yeah. Yep. Get them the mesh. Right. And I like this get, you get a three-star um, 
who I would imagine still has four years of eligibility um, that was plucked from an in-conference school. So he's he's going to want to show up the Arizona State coaches who didn't give him a chance and um, and let them know what he can do in Pac-12 play. So a little, little bit of a chip on his shoulder, uh, and I think that's what this team um, could use. For sure. Uh, also on basketball, JP's Golden State Warriors are <laughs> on the footsteps are on the doorstep of another NBA Finals appearance. Yeah. Currently leading the Dallas Mavericks three games to zero. I guess uh, Luca had a few too many pregame beers uh, a couple, a few games ago, uh, which means we might see our boy GP2 on the floor yes. again this season. And, um, you know, I, I, I tend to not get excited when teams that have already won a number of rings win more rings, but I want to see our, our son, another one of our sons, We've had a lot of them. <laughs> um, well, college our, was a crazy time. Our, our son, two years younger than us, uh, <laughs> get another, get his ring. Uh, also, GP2 had a great, great piece in the Players' Tribune mm-hmm. where he talks about uh, this latest injury, uh, missing the end of the Memphis series and missing so far the entire Western Conference Finals, uh, the idea of getting him back out, but also on the backdrop of how hard he had to work to uh, get to where he is now. And when he, he got waived by the Warriors, this, the fun anecdote in it, uh, this preseason, he he asked um, the, the GM if he could just come back the next day and work out with the team and like be around. And he told his agent that if any other teams call, he just wants to, he wants it clear that he's just trying to get back on the Warriors because he knew that was the, the place for him. And I know all of our, our listeners who are mostly Blazers fans uh, who had GP2 right in their grips don't want to hear that. Um, it doesn't, you know, I, I, I'm jealous, but also just the how well GP2 played for the Warriors and how um, just immaculately he fits into that and to see his game elevate the way it is. And uh, I guess Steph has told Bob Myers several times, like, you can't, you can't let Gary leave because I don't want him guarding me on another team. So if, if Steph Curry is saying that about you, like there's not really any like higher praise that, that you can get than that. So, and I, and I can say as our resident Blazers fan, like I'm 100% cheering for the Warriors and GP two. Um, yeah. I mean, like it sucks that, that we let him slip out of our grasp, but um yeah, I, I just want him to do really well. And he probably wouldn't have gotten the notoriety if he would have stayed on the Blazers. So it's probably a good thing. I have been wearing my <laughs> Gary Payton the second Warriors outfit. You're not <laughs> wearing it now. <laughs> well, I wear it for games. I wear I've worn it every game since game two. After after the foul and the in the injury, I swapped what is my normal attire, my game day attire. Oh yeah, you had to make that adjustment in in to defend Gary's honor. Exactly, and ever since then, I've been thinking he's got to come back. He's got we got to play so he can come back, so I can wear this as part of my game day process. And and he would actually be playing, so I'd feel even way cooler to be wearing it and rooting him on. Um, I, I this team's nuts. Like I can't believe that, that we're back where we are, and we're even more lethal. We're we're twice as lethal when Gary can play because his defense and his playmaking abilities on the offensive side of just being having the, a nose and nowhere like where to be 
where no one else is. I mean, it's like he grabs boards where there's no like you seemingly feel like there's no one there can get that ball, and he grabs the offensive rebound. He takes he's cutting to the basket. He's running the fast break. This is like everyone knows all the defensive things he brings, but the energy and the speed at which he plays on the offensive side makes this team churn out points so much faster. And I think it's actually a missing component still that's actually glaring as I've watched all their games this year. It's a glaring uh, missing piece. And him coming back, hopefully coming back at some point as we hopefully make the, the finals, it will be great. I also want to point out that there was a lot of discussion about uh, Steph Curry finally getting his diploma from Davidson. He just finished his right year's final semester this last week. And uh, they asked Gary about it, which he had a great answer. And first, I love he calls Steph 30. He just calls him 30. Like, clearly, <laughs> clearly your boys, if you just call each yeah. other your number, right? right? He's like, yeah, man, 30. I'm so proud of him. Like, I'm like, wait, they just say Stephen Curry just got his – diploma from davidson but gary's also wrapping up in the next couple of weeks with his oregon state degree so congratulations gp2 way to go way to secure your future beyond basketball way to just broaden your mind even if you never need the diploma or the piece of paper for any reason whatsoever you did it and so congratulations early congratulations to you too good shit gp2 Hell yeah, yeah. I'm I'm happy for him. That- the only thing that could be like uh, uh, better than GP two and the Warriors winning the championship this year would be if somehow the Celtics or Heat signed Dylan Brooks for the final series of of it all, and GP two just like had a monstrous dunk on him. Well, or I can tell I you that. The low-key Timberwolves version of that will be if the Heat make it and Andrew Wiggins is one-on-one with Jimmy Butler for an entire seven-game series. And I'm just going <laughs> to I'm gonna have to go to therapy every day that week and a half <laughs> to just handle, handle the capital T thoughts going through my brain and, and making sense of it all. But we'll cross that bridge when we come to it. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so props to GP2. Read that piece in the Players' Tribune um, if you haven't yet. And uh, as always, we are a, a golf podcast, uh, so we do have to give a shout-out. And a golf to- school. And a golf school. With the great Tristan Tree Golf Course, the best golf course on the planet. <laughs> better than Augusta. Uh, Why are you laughing? Than, better than St. Andrews. I'm not laughing. I'm smiling because of how true golf. it is. The Pebble, the Pebble Beach. Uh, wait. It kind <laughs> of is. It's on water. It's nice like that. Isn't Pebble Beach? Pebble Beach is in the bay. Yeah. So it's in it's Stanford. Yeah. Okay. All right, yeah, I can get behind this. Yeah, cool. Uh, the Augusta of, <laughs> of Oregon. We're not talking about golf courses. We're talking about golfer Carson Berry. Who has <laughs> advanced as an individual in the men's NCAA championships. Uh, great stuff. Got to give this man his props. I'm sorry that you guys keep making me laugh in the middle of all of these all the time. And these Damn. championships are where? Where are these championships? <laughs> Brian, Texas. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. Oh. So it's Scottsdale. It's got Scott. What? I, 
I also <laughs> smoked. I smoked pot with Scotty Dale. <laughs> <laughs> with Scott and Dale. <laughs> in Scottsdale, Arizona. Okay, so he could do like some uh, weather scouting for for the baseball team. I, if uh, Mitch wants to hook him up with an NIL deal, um, they're playing at the same time. It's, it starts Friday. Oh damn! Man, Greyhawk Golf Club in Scottsdale. Have you played there, JP? No. I bet no. it's so nice, though. Oh, guys. What I'm, I'm now so this this was in Bryan, Texas. Carson yeah. Berry held on to win a playoff Wednesday and will advance to the NCAA championships in Scottsdale, Arizona. Oh my god, he didn't even read the first sentence of Barry finished his final round at two over seventy-four, finishing fifty-four holes with a three under two thirteen. He went to a tiebreaker playoff with SMU's Noah Goodwin, TCU's America Lasso. And Alabama's Cannon Claycomb oh, to yeah. determine who would advance to the NCAA championships as the player who finishes highest on a non-advancing team. Both Barry and Goodwin advanced to second playoff round after shooting par at the 440-yard par four 18th hole. Barry then shot par at the 439-yard par four ninth hole to advance. So we yeah. do love Cannon Claycomb, oh. but not when he's going up against one of yeah, our own. Say, eat, eat shit, Barry. Cannon Claycomb. So eat shit, Cannon Claycomb. <laughs> yeah, you just got smoked, you Cannon got, Claycomb. You just got Carsoned <laughs> yeah. by Carson Barry, Carson Terry. <laughs> Oh no! Don't do that. Okay, not a thing. Carson, congrats, man. Hell yeah! Keep it up, Carson. Awesome job. Try and stay cool, best you can in Scottsdale. We'll be we'll be following we'll be following better than we did this one. That's a promise. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Uh, JP, you're our golf correspondent. You need to keep me keep me in line on this on this. So, uh, this this Friday, I'll throw it on the picture in picture. May twenty May twenty seventh. Go get him, Carson. Fuck up that really nice golf course, probably. I bet it's so nice. I bet it's nice. I really do. I bet you the beers there are so expensive. (laughs) A thirty five dollar double IPA. It's probably one of those ones where you can like buy them in one of those like big sort of like plastic bags with a bunch of ice in it, so it stays cool while you play golf in Scottsdale for like a while. It lasts for like what the first hole. Well, I mean, the ice will eventually melt, but it keeps the yeah. beer colder longer than it would have if they just handed you a beer. You guys want to play Greyhawk? We can play. Are yeah. you are, are you paying for it? Um, no. Okay. We could pay. We could play eighteen holes for like hundred and sixty bucks. Okay, that's not as bad as I thought it was going to be. Yeah. Probably still no. <laughs> do you guys want to do a six thirty a.m. tea time and just crush beers all morning? If it was 105 out of the high, then yeah, for sure. <laughs> I don't know. I, I feel crush like I can, quarters. Cr- I can crush beers at 6.30 a.m. for way less money. <laughs> you do it for How free. How could I love, like, the difference yeah. between crushing porters at, like, 9 o'clock in the evening on a fall afternoon versus crushing porters at six o'clock in the morning and a 105 degree day are the most polar opposite experiences but you're doing the same thing it's a versatile beer but it's not that damn versatile (laughs) no maybe one like right at 6 30 that you sip slowly indoor like starting indoors so it doesn't get yeah we'd have we'd go watch football 
and I mean it wasn't six thirty, but we would go to what like, football game are we watching at six thirty? No, I'm morning? saying but we'd go to Claude's at like ten, nine thirty, and we'd order Black Butte Porters for breakfast. True. Yeah, True. I do forget how early everything starts on the West Coast. Yeah. Don't you miss it, Terry? Don't Come you back. want to move back? Yeah. I, I kind of do. I, I think 10 a.m. kickoff is easier to handle than like 6.30 a.m. golf. Well, that, but also like Pac-12 after dark on the in the, on Central Time or East Coast. Yeah. I don't know why the Pac-12 does that. That's a rabbit hole we don't need to get into, but that's not smart. <laughs> having a game start at 10 p.m I, I eastern think, time i think us ranting about the dumb things that the pac-12 conference save that for does. a summer episode it's, it's exactly yeah, why we have listeners to this ridiculous whatever show that we call the belligerent beefs podcast <laughs> that is all that we have for this episode of belligerent beefs beaver fam thank you so much for tuning in again thank you to everyone uh, again for the millionth time who tuned into our birthday Twitter spaces a little almost two weeks ago. Uh, thank you to everyone who said what up to JP at Goss, everyone who's buying merch. Um, all thank you. Just thank you to the softball team in general for taking us on this ride. Like this has been so much fucking fun and just, we just are so excited for this weekend. Good luck in Palo Alto crush the Cardinal. Y'all are ballers. We believe in you. Chop them, go beeves, get your get your chainsaws up. What whatever they're doing, uh, Laura Berg, keep keep those knuckles on your hips and looking stern at the camera. It's working. It's 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 <laughs> so intimidated. It's so intimidated. <laughs> um, uh, for my team co-host as well as myself, uh, JP Bertram at the Trill J on Twitter, JP at JP Bertram on Instagram. Benny, Benjamin Lawrence, Sebastian Weehey, J.K.A. Benny Scoops, J.K.A. Benny with the good quaff. He's at BennyL1986 on all of your social media channels. Follow the show at Belligerent Beeves on Instagram, at Belligerent on Twitter. And you can follow me, if you want to, on Twitter, at Terry Horseman, uh, formerly at Terrence Horseman on instagram uh give us a five-star review on apple and spotify please uh we need to we need to put some more effort into getting those numbers back up we did yeah, good for and a, a while. Rate review I like hearing rate, and, rate and review on apple we like hearing from you but only one two three four five stars a piece especially on spotify we want to get that rating public because that would that would be a nice uh, feather in our caps share the show with a friend join the patreon get in the discord talk some shit with us it's a lot of fun and also, on top of all that, remember that no matter how hard you try or whatever any kind of duck fan talking shit about baseball on Twitter tells you, you cannot spell chop em without hope. Chop em! Chop em! Chop em! Bring back Bernice!